Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Hey y'all, there's so much advice for parents out there. There's the old school obedience focused advice, which often doesn't work well for sensitive kids. And then there's the new wave, which encompasses everything that deviates from the old norm. Some of it's great, some of it is less so, but it all represents a shift away from using physical means to control kids. But there's still a strong current of control. There's still a strong current of don't let them get away with that. There's still a strong sense that good kids listen to adults and follow the rules, and they shouldn't need to be told multiple times. I've been thinking a lot about advice lately because even though most of my work is helping my clients unravel their thinking and their reactions, and build new strategies that work for their kids, there are some common ways of thinking about children and parenting that, when unraveled, can be boiled down to advice-like chunks. And I want to share some of this quote-unquote advice with you today. Or maybe it's more like anti-advice. I want to share with you a collection of things that you don't have to do as a parent, no matter how much it feels like you do. And I'm going to explain why each one of these is worth considering. You ready? First off, you don't have to intervene before your kids start hitting or throwing things. Now, if you value peace, if you want to raise kind children, If you want to encourage love between siblings, it can feel like part of that is ensuring that they are peaceful in their interactions and peaceful with their body. But to expect children to always be peaceful, to never resort to hitting their sibling or their friends is really unrealistic. Some kids never hit, but most kids do. And yes, kids can resolve their problems peacefully. It's a skill that requires practice. And like all skills that require practice, it's going to be messy at first. It's important that you let them be messy. If you are constantly intervening before things escalate too far, you're not giving them a chance to work it out on their own. And you're probably spending a lot of time on edge waiting for the other shoe to drop. Now, I'm not saying you never intervene. If you're sitting there with them and the conflict arises, it makes sense to help them navigate it. And if that's the context, you definitely want to intervene if it's escalating. But if you're in a separate room, cooking, for example, and you hear bickering, you don't have to intervene immediately. Slow down for a minute and ask yourself, is this something they truly need my help with? 
Or can I finish what I'm doing and help them in a few minutes? Consider the worst case scenario. Is it something you can help them with after the fact? Or might it require medical attention? Some kids really do escalate to the point where they are endangering their siblings and their friends. If that's the case, you absolutely want to intervene to protect the other child. But if the worst case scenario for your family is that one child will run to you for help because their sibling pushed them or punched them, it's a different sort of situation. You get to be the judge. You get to ask yourself if it's a situation that requires intervention or if you can give them the space to try to resolve it on their own. You just have to be okay with their conflict resolution being messy and trust that it won't be messy forever. Next up, you don't have to control your emotions and you don't have to stay calm. There is, from what I've seen, a broad misconception that modeling self-regulation and parenting your kids respectfully means that you are always cool and calm. Again, this is completely unrealistic. You are a human. You were meant to feel the full spectrum of human emotions, even within your relationships. Your kids are going to do things that trigger the hell out of you. And yes, I advocate for being aware of your reactive patterns and working to change them. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have reactions. It might mean you're changing your thinking about what your child is doing, and that leads to a calmer reaction. But it might also mean that you're working on changing how you handle your reactions, how you handle your emotions. And that might look like saying, whoa, I'm starting to feel really frustrated. I need to take a minute to calm down. But it might also look like allowing the emotion to show through in your voice, owning the emotion, but shifting the way you talk about your child in relation to the emotion. So you're not making your reaction mean something about their character. That might look like saying, everybody's yelling and this is a lot, versus you know better than to yell at your sister. Or, ouch, that really hurt, versus what's wrong with you? You know not to kick people. Or, oh my gosh, what just happened in here? Versus, what the hell are you doing? Can you see the difference? You are allowed to have emotions. You are allowed to express your emotions. You don't have to control them all the time to protect your children. Next up, you don't need to teach them to be respectful. This is one that feels controversial, but I deeply believe it. You don't need to teach your kids to be respectful. Kids learn respect they learn to be respectful by engaging in respectful relationships. They learn to be respectful when you treat them with unconditional respect, even if what they are doing feels disrespectful to you. Here's the thing about 
disrespectful behavior. It is, just like all forms of behavior, behavior, a means of communicating. And they are usually communicating something deeper than I don't respect you. But it's so easy to get hung up on the disrespect, to feel hurt by it even, that we completely miss the actual problem. It might be that they feel dehumanized or disrespected. It might be that they're struggling with transitions. It might be that they're worried about something and they don't know how to articulate it yet, and any added pressure makes them feel like they're going to burst. If you can uncover what the actual problem is and help them with that, the perceived problem of a disrespectful child will dissipate. And while we're talking about disrespectful behavior, you don't have to correct their behavior. This one almost feels anti-parenting, doesn't it? But I'm serious with this one too. The idea that we have to correct our children's behavior when they're misbehaving is the root of so many power struggles and ongoing challenges. And it puts the focus on their behavior, on their choices, their character, instead of on the underlying problem. Now, this is tricky because I know it can sound like you're just letting everything slide, letting them get away with everything, and that doesn't have to be the case either. Let's look at another example. Let's say your child is playing a video game. You give them a heads up that they'll need to turn it off and come to dinner soon. Then, when it's time, they refuse to turn it off. They blatantly start a new game even though they could have turned it off when you asked them. You say, it seems like you're having a hard time ending the game. It's time to turn it off and come to dinner. You can turn it off or I can help you. And they still refuse. So you calmly turn the game off, but they are so angry that they throw the controller across the room. You do not need to correct that behavior in the moment, no matter how many people have told you that you should. Instead, you can say, it's really hard to stop playing sometimes. It's normal to feel frustrated and angry about that. Let's have some dinner and see if that helps. The behavior here might seem like the problem. Gaming might seem like the problem. But at a more basic level, the problem they're experiencing is handling interruptions or dealing with transitions away from something they enjoy doing. You might see similar behaviors when it's time to stop playing with their friends or when it's time to leave the park. And again, understanding that you don't have to correct their behavior doesn't mean you never address it. It's really about timing. You wait until they're more grounded, until you're in, until you're in a calmer place and they're in a calmer place, and then you bring up the problem that you've noticed. Hey, it seems like it's been hard to stop gaming when it's time for dinner lately. Have you noticed that? And then you see what they say. Ask them questions to try to understand their perspective. Reflect back to them what you're hearing. Okay, so I'm hearing that you feel surprised when I ask you to stop and you never feel ready. Is there more? And you keep asking. Once you feel like you've gotten their point of view, then you tell them, okay, I want to work with you to find a solution that works for both of us. My concerns are that sometimes my timing is off and you get so upset that you end up throwing things and it isn't safe. 
someone could get hurt or the controller could break. Can we figure out a plan that helps you feel less surprised and a plan for how you can handle the times when you do get angry in a safer way? When we actually take the time to explore what it can look like to take the focus off of their behavior and their poor choices, there's actually a lot you can offer them. It's in no way lazy parenting to approach it this way. Here's another fun one for you. You don't have to prioritize school. This can feel almost sacrilegious. The message pushed on us by society for the past few decades, at least, has been that education is the way forward. It is your job as a kid to do well in school so you can get into college and have a good life. And yet, there are so many adults out there who have degrees but aren't using them. So many who struggled through high school but are still earning a decent living. If we look around us, we can see that school isn't the only path to success, but we still fear deviating from that path for our kids. But not all kids fit well into a traditional classroom environment. There are so many different reasons why a traditional classroom, a traditional school might not be the ideal environment for your kids. It's important to know that school isn't the only way forward and you don't have to prioritize it above all else, especially when it's interfering with your child's mental health. There are so many options available now. If this feels like a murky area to you, if you're having a lot of power struggles around school, please reach out to me. If you're on my email list, you can reply to any one of my emails You can also schedule a consult to see if coaching together would be the support you need to move through this. Okay? I just want you to know if school is hard for your family, for your kids, you can take a step back from making it the priority and put the priority on helping your child. All right, the last one. You don't have to know the right thing to do or say, and you don't have to get it right every time. With all the parenting scripts out there, it can feel like you're just missing the mark with your child. And I want to offer to you that what you say to them in those challenging moments, provided that you're moving away from making challenges mean that there's something wrong with them, is less important than how you handle it afterwards. If you lose your cool and blow up, you own it and tell them you're sorry. If you can't find the words to help them or they seem like they can't hear you anyway, you circle back and talk to them when they're calm. It's an iterative process and it doesn't require perfection. It just requires owning your own mistakes and being willing to try and try again. All right, I know these are some different viewpoints, and I hope just thinking about them and hearing my reasons for advocating this way is helpful to you. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you in the next episode.
Do you feel like you're parenting 24-7 and you're still not sure your child is getting what they need? Are you ready to stop parenting reactively and start living in partnership with your sensitive child? Are you ready to reclaim time for yourself and time for your dreams? Then you're going to want to explore coaching with me. I help my clients tune out all the noise, better understand their kids, build a parenting strategy that meets their family's specific needs, and do the mindset work necessary to implement that strategy consistently without sacrificing themselves in the process. To get started, just head over to partnerpath.com, click on coaching, and get your free consultation set up. Let's get to know each other.